Hi, everyone. Welcome to the sixth episode of our interview series on Life Origami podcast. Today, we're continuing our conversation about how to make 2021 count for the business you love. We have a powerful guest today. She has a 30 years background in business. She is an NLP master doing a lot of studies in psychology. And today we'll be talking a lot about business and the future of what we have to take into account. And uh, I would like all of you to welcome, it's Bernadette Bruckner. Welcome, Bernadette. (laughs) Hello, hello from Austria. Welcome. The country country where I suppose we should yodel and still not doing it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad to have you. Um, It's an Christmas time already upon us, 24th of December. What a wonderful day to have an interview. So let's dive in and start discovering what is your past and then we'll bring us into the future. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about your background and where are you from? Mm-hmm. I'm coming from the countryside in Austria and I, I see the beautiful Alps in front of me and I'm actually coming from a bakery. So I grew up in a, in a corporate world. Uh, I, I always say still at the, the time, even I remember I always worked. So when I, when I had the chance to begin to, to walk, I just helped my mom in the bakery and she was also building up uh, coffee because this was her biggest dream, having uh, her own um, company and her own shops and everything. And that's why I always say I have more than 30 years of, of business knowledge because every time when we lack some business knowledge, I just learned, learned by practice, learned by, by other people, uh, did modeling with other people because we had we have a lot of big companies actually here in the countryside in my in my hometown, very international ones, and um, this 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 is my path. I always say I'm a I'm a workaholic because that's what I learned from home, and I probably will never uh, have any problems getting money because that's the only thing what I learned the most that's working. Wow. And, it's still a passion, actually. Uh, I'm still making my own bread. I'm, mm. We still made every year way too much cookies because we have in a Christmas time. We have way too much cookies. So if everyone, if, if somebody out there who want to have cookies, we have them. Um, <laughs> and but it's still something what I love to do. I'm I'm passionate in cooking, passionate in business, passionate building up businesses. Mm. And uh, for more than twenty years. Because I'm coming from with this background, I'm supporting primarily women and mompreneurs with my business knowledge um, because my deepest belief is that every single person out there can have a sustainable living with their passion, with their gifts. And in, in that's what I'm doing. So that was, the, sh- that, that, that was the short, short part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taking into account that you have uh, a corporate background and uh, you you were in business with your family since since childhood, um, did you develop your, and find yourself to be more of a night person or a morning person? I'm coming from a bakery. So uh, when I, w- I was a teeny, I had to work in a bakery in, in the early morning. 
And even when I went to school, uh, I had to open up the bakery at six o'clock in the morning. Then I went to school. When I came back, I had to close down. I had times like this. Also wow. when I was regularly working later on. And I'm, it's so interesting. I'm waking up still at four o'clock in the morning because most of the time I had to, to go up, get up there, either helping in a bakery or when I had the driver's license to bring the breads to the, to the people, to our customers. But as it somehow, either is it really an age thing but I became a night oil mm. because it's so quiet in, in the evening as, and especially in the night that it's so that um, it's so easy to work there. Mm. I, have, I have times when I, because I'm also studying next to it. Um, and once in the semester um, in, in the, at the university, uh, at the library in Vienna, there is one where you can work through. Once, once in a semester, end of the semester. And I love it so much because it's so quiet. I, I bring stuff, I can work there through and it's so beautiful. The time flies and, but I'm still, I, I became a night oil. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I'm, all, I'm with you on that I, as well. <laughs> and in the evenings, I just preferred more because, you know, some say that they specifically use the morning because it's all quiet and no mm -hmm. one is woke up and you're the first and everyone is still asleep. So they can have their own personal time for an hour or two in the morning. But for me, that time is because during the day, everyone is so busy and so on. But, you know, when everybody goes to sleep, that is when you have your personal time. That is when yes. everything is quiet and you're finally, you know, for hundred percent that till morning, no one will touch you because they're asleep. Not because it's morning, but because they're asleep. <laughs> they're asleep. But I had the most beautiful sunsets when I was uh, bringing the bread to, the, to our customers. Mm, I can it was imagine. quiet on the street. And the same because I was traveling a lot uh, by bus. I had the most beautiful sunsets I've ever. It's just, and it's, it's priceless. It's, it's just priceless. I can imagine. I was once uh, not far away from Austria, uh, near the Alps. And it's such a beautiful sight. Like, I so love mountain sights. It's mm -hmm. so beautiful. I, I really envy people who live right near the mountains because mm -hmm. it, it is, it's just beauty. It's such a, such a like earthly power that you that you get yes. near it that is massive. And very it's sometimes nice. very kitschy, I can tell you. What does but that mean? It's, what do you mean it, by that? When you have the sunsets and you see the mountain and, and it's like some, some kind of uh, sound of music uh, scenery. So it's mm. truly kitschy, but it's just beautiful. Yeah. So talking about your passions, as you said, right? You, for a long time, you, you were working in the bakery and you love cooking, you love baking, mm -hmm. uh, you love business. Is there anything else that you're passionate about that, that you introduce into your life? Oh, yes. Traveling. Mm. Traveling and, and reading. And I love action movies. <laughs> I mean, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm actually, you know, a small woman, <laughs> but I love action movies. And, and for me, it's like... Um, when you when you work that much what i do you find yourself something for life balance and for me it's traveling because this most of the time i travel alone because this is my time mm. and no one can reach me i stop flying i'm going most of the time by bus or by train with the night train 
And I have times, I, I did it last, last year. I, I, I needed to go out of Austria. So I booked the bus, night bus to Paris. I was there for one day. I came there at six o'clock in the morning. Was the whole day in Paris. I enjoyed Paris because I was so many times there. I, I just know Paris. And then in the evening, I went back by bus because the next day we had a family meeting and no one knew that I was not, not there. And for me, this was my time having a cafe au lait and a croissant on Montmartre. This is priceless as well. Mm. And this is something what, what is for me work-life balance. And most of the time I have my book with me and I'm very creative when I'm, when I'm traveling. Um, most of, I get a lot of inspiration out of when I'm doing sport or when I'm traveling. And this, this is just my time. Beautiful. The story I, I just can't imagine is just this night trip to Paris to enjoy the day there and come back the next day. Mm. Priceless. It's, just, it's the same. Um, I, I also worked abroad. I worked in Stockholm and also Dublin and in Lyon, in France, Lyon and mm -hmm. Germany. And the last years I visit all these places by, by bus or by train. And it's just beautiful. It's just when you that this these day trips is giving me so much power and so much energy that I'm more effective afterwards. And at the moment with the lockdown, I'm like, I was never that long at home in Austria. <laughs> For me, it's like traveling to Vienna by train. It's like totally highlight already. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> and it's so interesting because um, for me, having a different language, different money, it, I mean, in, in the uh, European Union, it's not the money anymore, but also uh, eating the specialities in, in, in these countries is just priceless. Mm, I feel you. <laughs> so in, in the direction of passions, right? What <laughs> is the business you're building currently? Like, what <laughs> do you live with in terms of... Um, realizing yourself in the business that you do what is it about mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i want to give you a little bit past to understand my now and the future um two times when i'm working at home in the bakery big ceos came to us buying the bread and asking me if i want to work in their companies so when i was 20 i was in a very unusual position in a very big company international one and reorganizing actually the subsidiaries and giving SAP trainings and also um, looking for the, um, the communication there and just help them to make it better, the subsidiary, with 2021. And the other one was the same. I got huge projects, but in a field, I was never before there. And they all only said, just want to do it. And I always say yes. This is something because I made the best experience when it's just jump right in there and just learn by doing, learn practice. And today I, I worked in more than 15 companies, different ones worldwide, nationally, internationally, and did stuff what, what I never learned, but I just did it out of, I know I can do it, attitude. And 2009, my brother went to bankruptcy and I just helped my, my brother help. I worked normally, regularly. And next to it, I helped my, my brother uh, clearing and everything. And then I began myself doing a little bit sabbatical and we did a lot of reflection because after all this working experience, there is a point. I think a lot of people have a point in their life 
where they just look back and say, yes, this was good, this was not good, or I got ill out of, of whatever I did and begin to re reflect. And for me, it was like, I did so much stuff. I was really successful in different fields and did this and this and this and helped everybody else. Sometimes I just forgot myself, okay? But what do I wanna do till the end of my living knowing that we never will get any retirement money and just wanna do stuff out of my own passion. And this was, I always say it was a time out of my own living and of my own speed, because sometimes I will, I'm, I'm still a speedy for, for a lot of people because I learn very fast and do a lot of stuff very fast. Um, and I always knew, I, I always wanted to become an animal keeper since childhood, but it, my mother, my mom always said, this is just bullshit, learn something good, something useful. And for me, I, when I was in a bakery as a child, a lot of people came there, I was sitting next to them and just listened. And this was, is one of many, many reasons why I became a coach and therapist, uh, created my own uh, therapy style and also my own nutrition style. And I'm supporting for many years already different people with their challenges creating on based on NLP, creating my own uh, coping strategies, resilience methods, actually out of, of my own needs. But people came to me one, one day and they asked me, what did you do that, is, that you became so happy? And I was like, yeah, I did this and this and created this out of this. And they asked me more and more till, they, till uh, we began to model myself. So I found different other NLP trainers who begin to model myself that I could create my own nutrition style and my own coaching therapy style. And it's so interesting, uh, out of that, I actually never wanted to become an entrepreneur because when you are a child of entrepreneurs, you know that you're actually working 24 hours, seven. And for me, it was like, no, no, no I don't wanna go this way. I just do it out of fun. So let's do it you know, next to my whatever, but only out of fun. And they, they asked me, no, no, no create business and when someone is saying that i'm now creating one business that's me i created today three companies i'm creating uh, my own publication uh, company next year um, uh, with, with different other people i'm really good in finding the right people bringing them on the right places so i'm using all my business knowledge i built up for more than 30 years in more than 20 approximately yeah it was approximately 20 companies um and i i recognize more and more that what i have in my head that what i'm creating that knowledge what i gained in my age because i'm i'm 44 um this is not usual so i i recognize that i can truly support and nurture other people that they, that they truly can live their passion, what they feel since childhood. So I'm going this way. I'm supporting so many different companies because we have in Austria brilliant people, but most of the time those brilliant people hate marketing and not good in business. They're brilliant in their stuff, what they are doing. I have I found so beautiful companies also in, in products. I found a guy who makes 
wow raw um, bars for food, which is totally nurturing and a, a good price and, and really good high quality. But he hates marketing. And I'm like, I want to be in your business. I want to support you because for me, this is such a good food and so much beautiful value in there. I want it bigger. And it, 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 you know, only for all the listeners out there, the Austrians are very innovative, but we are not so loud. We have a lot of niche heroes. That's how, how we call it. But they are known in their niche, but most of the time not, not in bigger way. So we are not loud than other countries. We do. Um, and for me, it's like, it's just time to bring those people out. Like local and heroes, local, yes. local. Mm-hmm. Very and uh, this, this is something. And for me, I stopped, for example, going uh, jogging because I, I'm so creative that I, that I have so much stuff in pipeline that I'm behind bringing them into action that I, that I stopped doing sport and just get uh, build up my teams and everything else that I bring out my stuff the way I want to because in my head it's already finished so this year I um, uh, I think it was more than 10 books I, wrote, I, I published next year's I have already now in pipeline uh, more than five books online programs and cards and everything else is the same with workshops and this is something uh, a lot of people asking me how is that possible uh, that, that, that I can do that much. And I'm like, it's normal. I just only have a good time management, but this was actually made out of need because I had to work a lot in the bakery at home. And my, But my biggest heart driven was I, I want to still do my career. So I had to find some kind of time management to still uh, living my passion, my dreams, following my dreams. And also help my, my parents and then back then my brother. Mm. So that leads us beautifully into the idea of running a business and being passionate mm-hmm. about it. We have to balance between family, business mm-hmm. and self-care. Mm-hmm. Um, so can you tell us a little bit, how do you balance that? And what kind of system do you have to help you sustain that? Mm-hmm. I do for more than 20 years, multi-project management. Mm. And um, this actually came out, this, my time management came out because uh, in one company, I had five to six CEOs, I supported it. You have to find for yourself your priority because most of the time they, they didn't came one by one, they came all together. And then you have to find yourself finding priority. And for me, this is not working what I'm doing. This is for me a blessing that I'm allowed living my dreams, that I'm allowed everything what comes out of myself, bringing into action and seeing that I can support others with, with something what I created. And this, this gives me energy. And I worked in companies who sucked out my energy. I, I have to say I have three burnouts behind me, so I had to find solutions. Free what? I'm a solution. Three burnouts. Mm. And there's one thing what I always learned. I always said, okay, even when you go back some steps, doesn't mean that you that you go back for something. You just hold back, reflect, uh, just reflect yourself, what was wrong about it, 
modificate it and just go out again in a different way. And that's what I'm teaching also other ones. And for me, it's like balancing life means that I'm allowed to live what feels good for me, living my dreams. And also um, finding balance because a lot of people asking me, how do you find balance? I'm like, I say, I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't do neither bench drinking nor party because this is for me a waste of time. I love creating. I love traveling. I love having my friends and my family around, even with all the ups and downs, and also supporting others. Because um, this, this was 2007, 2008. This was one, half a year before I finished uh, my master studies. I took a time out in Sri Lanka. I always say this was a time out of my life. And I asked myself uh, with different questions. So, for what do I want to be known? What is my big why? For what do I want to know beyond my living? I wanted to create out of poor passion. And I'm always a person who loves to create. For more than 20 years, I create health projects out of fun, out of, the, the, out of seeing that there are needs out there and finding solutions for it. And I can tell you, I don't want to show you how it looks, my, my, my apartment looks like, because it's like truly a working place. Very creative, a lot of stuff hanging around there uh, with different things, most of the time based on health, because this is my, my, my basic um, work actually, and also research in my PhD. And for me, it was always, what is the big why out there? And I um, recently I read the book from Simon Sinek about the oh god I, I think the English the English title is uh, the endless game because I, I read it in German and it's so beautiful because I always thought I, I'm so weird a lot of people saying to me I'm weird but if you talk with uh, CEOs of big companies I have the same thinking and I had the pleasure for many, many years, actually since teeny, that I was surrounded with CEOs. Uh, uh, actually a friend of my father, uh, her parents built up a, a huge company within two generations worldwide. And yes, they have a different thinking. Yes, they have a different acting. Yes, they have also a different living. Waking up at four or five o'clock in the morning, it's something usual. I, I did it actually out of the need because they need me in the bakery. Mm -hmm. And everything is time management. Everybody of us has 24 hours seven. What you do with this moment depends on you. And I always said, I don't drink. I, I did my party. I had my party time, no worries. <laughs> I had, yes. But everything a little bit more comprehended and a little bit faster. And Work-life balance, it's always how you define it, not defined from others, but how you define it. And if you're weird to other people, I always smile at them, I bless them, and I still go on. 
that's a beautiful idea that we we have to always go from what is the best for us not what the society think is best for us beautiful can we touch upon a little bit the idea because i believe many uh, many listeners of this podcast uh, would be uh, people who are building a business yet mm -hmm. business isn't their um, let's say maybe first nature Uh, or in other words, it's not their profession because mm -hmm. uh, being a CEO is a profession and building a, a corporation or building a big business is also demands a, a certain skill set and a certain mindset. Can you bring some examples of how does it differ the entrepreneurial mindset where many entrepreneurs are left in the solopreneur uh, field where they work by themselves, they do their own thing. So they're more like self-employed. And what's the difference between actually building a big business and the mindset between those two? First is, do you actually see the big business inside from your inner eye? Do you feel it? And with which feeling do you connect it? Most of the people don't have the vision. Most of the people don't have the big why. Most of the people only see the money. This is not a big why. The big why should we way beyond. And as I said, I never had the intention to truly become an entrepreneur, supporting others, yes, because I, that's something I do for many, many years, but not becoming myself. But one day they said to me, they truly kicked me in. And I said, okay, I'm doing it. But when I do it, then I want to do it my way. And I'm a very strategic person because I know having the right people bringing my strategy into action, then you're way much faster. And yes, building up a team is, a, is something, a lifetime thing. And finding with the right mindset, with the right uh, core beliefs is very important and essential. And for me, I always said, okay, what's my big why? What are my core beliefs? I call it the value selling point. I'm not doing the unique selling point. I'm doing the value selling point. What's your core value? And then it's always because most of the time they build it up from the bottom. Building up a true big business, you build up from the top with your values And then you go deeper into action. And uh, I, when I talk uh, with a lot of the entrepreneurs out there, when they're coming to me, because they, they have a certain point when they stand, when you, when you build up a company from the bottom up, there is one day and one point you just stand. Either the clients are not there, either your target is not met or whatever. You don't have it when you're going from the top down, from the value, from your big why. You have a very much clearer marketing uh, language, also a clearer target group, then you can truly find them way much faster. And when I see all those solopreneurs, and I have to, uh, I have to say also the past again, my grandmother, a world child, a woman, she envied the other bakery around the corner. Enviness. When you have that, then you begin to compare with others. I never compare with others because I know my stuff is unique. I saw it. 
because the people who are coming to me were already from everybody else. Because uh, at the beginning, a lot of people came to me because they heard from me, from others. And the interesting part is always going to cooperation because every single person out there is unique. Every single person out there has something what is good or maybe not so valuable for your business, but cooperation is for me and also for solopreneurs. I always ask them, find your network, find your tribe, work together, and it's faster because there is one business um, strategy I love. Um, I created once for many, many years with, with another uh, strategy uh, business guy. And we always said, when you find the right people, giving them on the, on the place where they have their passion, where they can live your passion, your business and all the other businesses only can grow. Why not grow together? And solopreneur is something in my deepest belief and more than ever since 2020, uh, it's not necessary anymore. It always depends is either cooperation where you build up a company together. It always depends on both. And I created, I call it a Lean Health for Business. It's about corporate health. And I found another one and he, he fits perfectly to me because he's doing something what, what it's not in my mind, what, what I don't like. Um, and he's totally passionate about it. And I found other ones. So we, we, are, we are giving us together, being in synergy, giving our, our power together being way much more seen and everybody can do what they love to do. And this is what I want to share with all out there because as solopreneur, you have to think for so, so, so many things. When you have a bigger company, you can give your stuff what you don't like. Most of the time, it's the funny part. It's just bookkeeping. You can give to a person who is totally passionate about. And yes, there are people out there who are passionate about bookkeeping. It's, I, I never, I'm always amazed. I mean, I, I've worked in so many different areas. I was in controlling bookkeeping as well. So I know the basics. And my deepest belief is as CEO, you have to know in every single part what's the most important parts out there. But you don't have to do it on your own. Mm. But you have to understand it. Mm -hmm. And after 15 companies, and as I said, I never said no. I was in so many different areas that that I, I see the the bigger picture, as I always say, and as CEO of big companies, and I'm not building up one. I want to, I'm building up more and also go in other ones and just make it better. It's just, to, you have to have the big vision uh, and truly be a CEO. Hmm. Uh, about, of, about this idea, I want to also touch on it. Um, I know for sure that uh, talking about that, entrepreneurs and CEOs are two different things. Yes. And in many cases, people become entrepreneurs because they're passionate about their uh, field of business. And usually they are the expert in many cases, uh, or they are somewhere in between like doing a specific task. And when the business starts growing, um, the more and more responsibilities, more and more tasks 
are coming up in the business. And uh, for, for some who start a business, they, they get into the field where they just produce a small portion of the product uh, and do marketing and sales potentially. Even that can be limited if you have word of mouth. So you don't have much mm -hmm. business going on. So you don't have many tasks. But the more it starts to grow, you need to scale up the production, you need to scale up the logistics, you need to scale up the finances, you need to manage people, you need to manage marketing, sales, and much, much more. So there, the IT systems and all that, it, like it builds up and the amount of awareness and attention that you need just scales infinitely. And it, there comes a time where I believe entrepreneur needs to decide, are they in the position to be a CEO of their company or they need to hire a CEO exactly. to manage it. Can yes. you give some, uh, some ideas from your experience on that? Yes. There is a book. I want to give you a book recommendation because this opened up my eyes 20 years ago. And this book called The Peter Principle. Brilliant. Because after I read this book, I understood uh, the big companies I worked before and what was wrong in there. Mm. And I saw so many companies who got bankruptcy because the founder was brilliant at the beginning in the production most of the time, mm -hmm. but he failed totally as CEO. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, the founder grows to the CEO as big as the company is and comes to a point or a position where he's totally unable. Mm -hmm. And this can ruin the best company out there. And we saw it in so many times. And being, and you said it before, CEO is a profession. And in my opinion, you have to be born there. And I, I was, I, I'm a Leo in horoscope. Uh, I, Leo, I, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I'm, I'm always leading. I'm, 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 I'm doing that since childhood. I have no idea how, but it seems truly it has something to do with, with, the, with the horoscope. At least I say so. <laughs> I don't know. But for me, it was always, and I had it in the last company where I supported them to reorganize it because the, the CEO in this company left and they, it was a chaos and all those things. And for me, I'm, I'm just doing it out of intuition already. Mm -hmm. I mean, after 20 years, you just get kind of a sense for it. And also, as, as I'm trained in, in, in communication, I'm, I'm, I'm really good in, in giving away the uh, people, the, the emotion between uh, in conflict. I'm, I'm, I'm truly good in it. And next year, I also do a mediation, further education in, medi in mediation, just supporting people because most of the time companies get bankruptcy because of the, of the beings. Never about the product itself, but most of the time because they are in a conflict. Mm -hmm. Uh, be between the, the employees or the, the boss or whatever. And I'm, it's, sometimes it's so sad because they have brilliant products, brilliant ideas, and it just breaks down because they, they can't talk to each other. Oh, that's, that's a big one. Uh, when, I, when I first um, 
like I have a background as well in business administration and uh, knowing the how the company functions and all the systems and mm-hmm. interconnections and what kind of troubles you can get into uh, through the process of building up a company. And when you hit a roadblock of misunderstanding between key figures in the business, yes. between key, key uh, C-suite uh, figures or between the founders where they just cannot find a common ground, everything yes. just breaks apart. No matter how good the product is, no matter how good the business or service or whatnot, it just breaks apart because it's all about like business is about people. If there are no people, then there's no business. And uh, some people focus a lot on the customer. But uh, as you said, I believe also that we have to focus first on the employees, on the on the team and the team creates the business and uh, also Vishen Lakiani from Mind Valley he also says that uh, throughout that his first position his first focus in business is the team because if the team is good then the business is good as you said exactly. and yeah. if the if the team is dysfunctional then the business will suffer and that's what fa- fascinates me a lot about personality typing and mediation as you said where you can find how to build the common ground between partners to mm-hmm. grow that understanding to uh, to let them see that each founder has his own life journey own experiences own worldview and perceptions and yes. we're not the same we are unique and we have to find how you what is the way of our uniqueness and communicate that to each other to to first understand and then build a compromise and understanding. How do you believe in that? It's, it, that, that what, that's what I meant before. If you ask companies, what are the, the company value or the core value of the company? And if you ask employees, most of them have no idea. And that's what I said before. When you build up a company from the, from the top, mm-hmm. as, as we do with the VSP, with the value selling point, um, you communicate it till to the customer. Mm. And if, if, you, if you forget it, a lot of people bring their own values in it, their own way, and, and just make their own sense or own world about it. And this is a truly uh, potential for conflict. Mm. And I, I saw so many companies, as, this was heartbreaking how much money they are losing because the people couldn't talk to each other they never had any culture in good communication and conflict communication. And I'm not talking about some, some hundred euros or dollars. I'm talking about of thousands of, of euros, especially in the real estate and especially in big projects. And I was just, I was sitting down like, what? And when you, when you, I'm, I was also in controlling. So when you see when you see the, the, the data and all the things, and then you see this is only because of this conflict and mm-hmm. only because those people can talk to each other, you're like, you're grown up. What's up? Give me the money. I mean, hello? I, I know what I can do because I'm doing so many social projects. I know what I can do with this money, what you are losing right now because you can talk to each other. Mm. Can you suggest some ideas in terms of if uh, our listeners find themselves in a situation where they have a partner or an employee or they have someone on outsourcing and they don't manage to find common ground and build that communication? uh, Can you suggest 
uh, some resource or idea or a tool what they can currently additionally study to mm-hmm. overcome that, overcome mm-hmm. that misunderstanding, overcome that conflict? First step, in my opinion, step back. When you are totally in emotion, before you begin to yell at each other, just don't talk, step back and say, we need a timeout, breathe in, breathe out. Because most of the time, the conflict what you have with the person in front of you is not the conflict with the person in front of you. This is an inner conflict or an old conflict and most of the time it's grounded in the family. First. Second, look at it. Is this, is the, is this conflict in five or in one year, in five years, in 10 years, still valid or not? Because most of the time, those conflicts are so irrelevant, so senseless. So, ah, only because you didn't have your coffee or you, you, you had actually a conflict with your husband at home and you went totally cranky and come in a company and see the first person, you just yell at them. And most of the time, this conflict is so senseless. And most of the time, as I also did in the last company, because there was in a, uh, between the, the people so much conflict, so much emotions. And I was yelling at a person I never met before, only because there is some kind of problem with another person. But she's yelling at me and I, I, I took the phone like one meter away and I still could hear her. And I said to her, I'm sorry, but most of the time I go on totally datas. I was looking at it. I overtook the conflict. I said to her, I will look at it, what's all about. I will ask all the people who are involved. I will see the data. I will see the, the money and everything what's going on there. And then I will come back. After I overtook it, so I took responsible for a conflict, which was never ever my conflict at all, but something passed. The whole situation got easier. And I could handle it within, because it was a little, a little bigger one. So within some weeks, we could handle everything. We found solution. We found new directions. We found new, very clear steps. What we can do in the future, that it doesn't come to any conflict, emotional conflict at all. Beautiful. I really love the idea. And I believe this is for any kind of relationships that we have in our life is step back and think, will that conflict be relevant in a year? And from that already, this gives you so much conscious insight of the relevance of this conflict and the degree. And in many cases, as you said, it's just irrelevant. It's just not worth the time. It's not worth the worries. It's not worth the emotions that are, are coming up and it doesn't mean that the emotions are worthless emotions are always very very important, important. yet yes. we have to understand where are they coming from and is this situation that is now a a trigger or something that created it and in many mm-hmm. cases in the majority of ones right it's is a trigger and it's trigger. nothing connected to the here and now nope. it's something connected to the past and in many cases, I would love to touch on it uh, from your perspective and experience. When people do encounter those situations, and there are so many of them, and for entrepreneurs, it's a, it's a worry because I see so many uh, very talented people very um, with a lot of potential, but they never, ever took care of their emotional health. 
and uh, they take mm-hmm. care of their mindset. They, they try hard. They take care of their body. They try hard. But no one taught them about emotional health. Can you share a couple of words about that? You said it directly. We never learned it. Definitely not from home. Definitely not in school. And I see more and more how this topic becomes relevant because most of the time the people get ill also on body level because they don't take care of it. Mm-hmm. And I support so many um, people for years because of that. That was one of many reasons why I begin to create copy strategies, resilience methods for different target groups. Because the people came to me and I was like, what's going on here? So I was looking at them and looking all their emotions. And before they get ill on body level, I worked with their emotions that we clear it, that we worked on it and that we looked at it. And I worked with people first, they just yelled five minutes, 10 minutes. It doesn't matter. I was there only to bring out all the emotion where I was just stuck in there and didn't have any uh, possibility mm-hmm. anymore to act mm-hmm. and just be totally there. And I was like, no, 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 no. Get them out. Mm-hmm. I even, I even uh, went to, with a woman to, in, into the forest to yell, to, to hit whatever happens because it was really bad stuff what happened to her and only to bring out what was stuck in her body. Yeah, that's that's like uh, uh, like body therapy, where you yes. through the body you release all the emotional buildup, all the emotional stress, and then mm-hmm. you work with with uh, with a relaxed body that uh, can already start uh, accepting new information. Yes, and also to look behind the emotion, mm-hmm. behind the topic and clear whatever has to be cleared. Mm. And the interesting part is, as more as I worked with the people, I, I was like, I want to scientifically prove what I'm doing here. Because I wanted to know my own why it's working. So I looked at it on psychology basic, on basic of neuroplasticity, neuroscience, and also communication, and how our brain works and our emotion works and all the things. And that's how I created my coaching therapy style. Mm. In 2019, I was nominated at the NLP conference in London for the research award. And I, I'm going on because I saw the, what happens when you learn about your emotional health and also mental health and how is it connected with the body. Mm. And it can be simple, but no one is taught, teaching us that. Exactly. And I'm like, why? Exactly. That's- I mean... That's something, one of the biggest things that uh, I'm also doing is uh, helping entrepreneurs build the level of self-awareness to understand mm-hmm. what is unconsciously there, what is mm-hmm. unconsciously in, uh, in them through the mental patterns, through the emotional patterns, for the behavioral patterns that they just don't notice, but it's heavily yes. influencing their life. And oh, it's yes. patterns that we build from childhood. It's, uh, it's scientifically uh, proven and everything that we are currently uh, throughout our life uh, and majority of us don't live a conscious life in a way that uh, scientifically said, right? It was researched that we live consciously only 5% of the day yes. and uh, all the 95% are automatic actions. 
and these automatic actions are coping mechanisms that we learned from the past to stay alive mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. stay in the mental state that we to satisfy our needs. And that buildup of uh, that experience of satisfying the needs. And in many cases, there are super unhealthy habits. There are super unhealthy patterns of behavior or thoughts of emotions that we don't understand that we need to bring to awareness. And there are tools and there are professionals that are helping with that specific matter. And I believe in business, that's especially important for every entrepreneur to know what is in them because it influences every single part of their business. It does. And I had one a CEO from a huge bank and he had to quit his job because he had a traumata, what he built up uh, with five years. And he never looked at it. It was totally so subconscious because we were working on this part. It was so subconscious that he had to quit his job. And he's not the only one. When you see a lot of, I mean, uh, the crisis made a top. And there were a lot of managers who, who just went stuck. Or I had one, she's as old as me. She had a heart attack. And she's a top manager of a huge company. And there, there, is, there is so many subconscious things going on. Mm. And as Sigmund Freud said, 50, 60 years before about the iceberg model with the subconsciousness. And I'm working with the subconsciousness. I, 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 I show the people to empower themselves to follow their intuition, uh, get, getting to the subconscious net and understand themselves what they actually learned or overtook from others since childhood. And for me, it's like, yeah, I had the same But for me, I want to have it as easy as going because most of the people don't use the methods what they learn because I don't know, I was in your country, but in Austria, the last year's resilience workshop was like everywhere. And now we have the crisis and no one using what they learned. And I'm like, what? And for me, the, a method is only good when the people use it every single day, like two Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's, it's no, it's so, yes. you're so truthful in here. If you, it's, and it's everywhere, right? We just learn just in case. We don't learn to use. We, yeah. we learn just in case. And when the case comes, we forget that we learned it because we don't practice. But we saw it this year. And I, I, I wrote uh, different articles about, about what I experienced because it's also part of my, my PhD research. And I said, we learned it so many stuff. We had resilience for years now, workshop over workshop over workshop. Now we have a crisis and no one, because I was got even yelled at people for nothing, only that they, they uh, did the hygiene and, and wear masks, but they didn't want to because their freedom was more important than all the things. And they didn't, they didn't have any other uh, coping strategy than yelling at, at me. And I was like, you are, you are, but you are a manager. What, what is going on here? And this is something where for me, I, I, I'm, I love going on workshops. I love further education. But for me, a further education is only the money worth when I can use it in my daily routine, when I can use it right away when I learn it. And everything else is, is for me, has no value. Mm -hmm. And this, this year proved so much about humanity, so much about solidarity, because sometimes you... you You saw that this is only a word, but no one cared ever before. And sometimes you just saw monsters only because of a situation they never learned how to deal with. Mm -hmm. And then you see old people, 
they're used to it. War children or post-war children as, as my mom, and they just handle it right away. So for me, 2021 will be very, very interesting mm. for economic and also on personal and family level. Because this year, when you see the statistics, domestic violence raised, alcohol and drug abuse raised tremendously, suicide raised. And for me, it's like, what's going on here? Didn't we learn anything? And, and, you know, I believe that this scenario, and it's super important for every single entrepreneur, uh, and especially for those who are listening to us in this episode, I believe that the number one thing that every single entrepreneur should do, at least on a monthly basis, they, A, have to have a mental health professional who they mm -hmm. visit, either a psychologist or psychotherapist, that can help them to work through even there are so many things we don't understand and don't follow in our lives that are so subconscious that only through talking to another person we are able to see it and work through with it and you can only work through with it not with friends not with family no. not with other peers only with a trained professional who yes. can help you to fully and properly work through those emotional patterns, behaviors, and thoughts. And so one of them is having a, at least a monthly visit to a psychologist or psychotherapist. And we have to be careful there because there are always, there are so many uh, professionals that aren't qualified. So always look at the competence and the, and the education of that specialist. And another person uh, and another thing that can assist your journey is definitely being in coaching mm -hmm. uh, or in a mastermind group. So that's a support network that helps you to um, follow through, grow and achieve things in life. And for many of us, I really, there are so many systems out there that helps us to understand our subconscious, our personality type and understand how we function. And um, there, there's a system that talks about that 70% um, of the people on earth are uh, so-called generators this is from a system of human design and what it says that those 70% of people they function from a perspective that they only function from response their function is not manifesting manifesting is when you take action and you have to inform and you just go and do for 70% of people out there manifesting is the wrong strategy that leads to deep dissatisfaction to deep frustration and deep anger and for them it's important to respond to life so they have to take in what is coming from life and respond to it listening to themselves so uh, they their mental process of making decisions and actually um, making the right moves in their life they should never do it from their mental process where they talk to themselves. They always, their, their best decisions and their best uh, things that they will achieve and do in life come from interaction with other people. Mm. And, if, and many solopreneurs are alone now. They don't interact with anyone. They do it by themselves. They're deep in their business, in their work alone without any support system. And I believe every single entrepreneur needs a support system. A, psychological and emotional through a psychologist or psychotherapist and see through a group of pairs like a mastermind group 
uh, and a, or a coach who is supporting and allowing you to talk through what needs to be talked through and bounce, the, bounce those ideas and get new insights. And uh, can you share a little bit from your experience of what you believe on this topic? Before we go on this one, I want to give two things. Um, I also would suggest to reflect every single uh, evening how your day was. And especially also for which were you grateful? Because most of the time we see the bad stuff, the negative stuff, and we are so less grateful. And for me, uh, I think being grateful more than ever is important now. And you were talking about the human design. I'm a reflector. And when I got this information and, and uh, reading what the reflector is, it, I was like, it was like an aha moment. Mm -hmm. And for me, I should talk with a lot of people getting different perception because I perceive so much stuff and mm -hmm. that I'm high sensitive. Um, and the other thing is I truly have to wait. Normally they say with the reflector, you have to wait 20, uh, 21 days. And I begin to understand why, because in this time, I see that I perceive more and more what's going on and what should be the right direction. And for me, I'm a speedy. Waiting 21 days, it's like, it's like torture. Yeah, I but believe. It's always, it always went in a good way when I mm -hmm. wait. Yeah. So I, I only can emphasize everybody, don't be too speedy. Wait at least two days so that you perceive it in a different way. What your decision might be or could be. I mean, the best part is I created my own methods to, to make decisions a little bit faster than 21 days because this is just 21 days. I can't wait 21 days. I'm sorry. But um, I created myself different methods to, to decide a little bit better. And, and I would say about what, what you said for life, and if we talk about human design, the, the mm -hmm. waiting part uh, through time, when mm -hmm. you actually start living your authentic truth and listen to your inner authority, you start making decisions the right way. And the more you make decisions mm -hmm. the right way for you, life starts to form in the right way. So in this case, what we perceive that we need to wait for 21 days, we're still waiting, but it's totally different questions because we stop, uh, because when we start introducing that into our life, the right strategy, mm -hmm. our life was built on totally wrong things. And through time, through a year and year of practice, we start building the right way of living for our truth, right? And the more you live your truth, the more the little things in day-to-day -day life, they fit in line like a puzzle so you can make decisions faster because your long-term vision, as you said, is now aligned. And the more you allow the long-term vision to uh, through time align and follow that, then your day-to-day -day -day decisions start to become different, much, much more aligned with what, where you're heading. But the mm -hmm. long-term vision, you're still waiting and I believe that you gave yourself enough time to reflect on the long-term that now following that long-term vision that you've allowed yourself to settle in enables you to make through your processes the daily decisions much faster. Different. Um, this, this my big why. I, I don't question anymore because it's so, yes, of course, thing. Mm -hmm. 
And yes, it got developed. And a lot of people, they know me already with the, my team. And when I say I'm now pregnant with a project, they don't hear anything about the project till I'm finished. Mm. And this is also a method of Nikola Tesla because he began going into action when in his head was your, his invention finished with every single little piece. And I'm doing the same already. And the mm. interesting part is when you see it on the psychology level, Jean Piaget, he was the development scientist and he says the first five to seven years, so we, we create our identity because as baby, we have no idea what identity is and okay. everybody else is telling us who we should be, what we believe, which religion, which thought and whatever. And sometimes later on, when we make our own experience based what we got, we see if it was useful or not. That's mm -hmm. how I call it. And based on that, and as more as we begin to reflect our living, and yes, we can teach children about reflection, about being grateful, about, yes, it's okay when you have a vision like this. Because when I was a child and tell, told others about my, what, what I want to become or what I perceive, everybody was telling me this just bullshit. You're a child you have no idea about. Mm -hmm. Lucky us that nowadays the children are so confident that they still go their path. And this is good. And as I don't want to say always about being, um, because human design is, is one model of the world. Today, I'm, uh, I was writing um, on my next book, uh, and the English title is Disrupt Everything. And it's all about beliefs, about values, about a lot of questions, a lot of methods in there. And I was writing about uh, the constructivism because there are also theory out there that the world, what we believe is true, is only a, a, a creation from our minds based on values, based on experience, based on beliefs. Mm -hmm. And if you take the word belief, you have the word lie in there. And this is this, the world itself is so much bigger. Mm -hmm. And that's why we have so many conflicts because everybody believes what they learned and they're, that they're, is the only truth and they're, they're, it's the right and because the world functions like this and all that. No, because it's only a small part of it. What you learned from other people and their beliefs. So in my opinion, one of the, the biggest um, method is reflection. Was this, was this a good decision? When not, was my day good? Was I grateful? What was not so good? How can I make it in a different way? Do we have the solution or should I just have a mastermind or a mental, just someone who can support me professional in whatever direction is at this moment necessary? Mm -hmm. And in America, not having a psychologist is a no-go. And you've been in New York, you at least have one because it's so, you have to. In Austria, when we talk about mental health, it's like, no. I don't know. It's, it's like you, you have to go like to a person like Sigmund Freud and, and you have to talk about your, 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 your fantasies about your mother and all the things. I mean, that's, that, that's very stereotyped now, but in, it, it's just not common. In, it's still not common in some mm -hmm. countries. In many, in, in many countries, in many countries. Yeah. And it's so sad because they are not, they don't mean it. They don't want to harm you. They want to actually support you and nurture you. That you, that you find yourself hidden spaces. 
the blind spots mm-hmm. and all the things. And for me, well, it, well, it, it also, like, it also, I agree with the idea that it also depends on the modality of the therapist, mm-hmm. because there are mm-hmm. many therapists that are uh, really harsh in, in a way that, oh, yes. uh, for, 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 for example, they, they, the methods that they use for therapy are really harsh. And uh, f- one of the methods that uh, I, uh, I believe is the most, let's say, uh, humanistic and holistic in the nature. And plus, it's one of the only methods that is scientifically proven in psychotherapy is mm-hmm. uh, the CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, that method is much, much more lighter in a way that it doesn't talk about, you know, the, it, it doesn't have a scenario that leads you through those living through your past, uh, where, mm-hmm. as, as you gave an example, right, the like fantasies about the mother and mm-hmm. all that other, other stuff the, of the followers of the Freud family. <laughs> And uh, I, I believe definitely that self-reflection and gratitude is a daily practice. This is deep part of self-care. Uh, the yes. more people I interview and talk with that are successful in, in business, they consciously practice on a daily basis, gratitude, meditation, uh, reflection of the day and plan ahead and see how it aligned or didn't align, how decisions were made and is it good or uh, it didn't give the results that we desire. So definitely, uh, I believe that everyone who who is hearing this, the, the idea of reflection and gratitude on a daily basis can do a lot, especially if you practice it more than a month. Uh, mm-hmm. Several months, you will see huge differences in how you feel yourself. I want to give one thing in addition. If you want to understand living, do terminal care. Oh, what is that? Terminal care is your support when someone is dying. Mm. If you want to understand living, you do terminal care. Do I understand correctly like the value of life? Like understanding the value of life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And most of the people <clears throat> regret what they didn't do when they're in the process of dying. And for me, when I did terminal care with my aunts, I understood living. Most of the time I I went out with my mom and we did something what we actually always said, yes, one day we want to do it. No, do it right away. And I have a bucket list. I nearly died. By the way, I I nearly died four times. And the last time was a car accident. And I, had, I still have no idea how it was possible. I had nothing, nothing. The car was totally broken. It was on the highway. I had nothing. The only thing what I said, now I'm doing every single day, whatever I, I just enjoy, wanted to do, and I always wanted to do. I, have, I make wishing boards, I make bucket lists, and I, I fulfill every single one, even mm-hmm. the greatest one, doesn't matter. And you understand living when you either had the near-death experience or do terminal care. And even in business. Even in business, because um, there are some people out there, I, I have one, a client of mine, should I do or should I don't? I said, just do. What's the worst what happened when you, when you just follow your passion? When you fuck up, you fucked up, you learned. In Austria, fucking up a business, it's like, it's like 
No. In America, not fucking up a business. It's like, no way. I think we can learn from internationally from other countries because they have different values, different beliefs. That's why I love to exchange uh, and more than ever actually in the crisis that, that we are internationally connected and learn from each other and having our hidden beliefs. And yes, in Austria, there, <laughs> when I was in America as an au pair 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago, there was a book series called Xenophobia from different countries. So the Xenophobia uh, to Austrians. And when I read this book, I was cracked up. I was like, yeah, but it's a normal. But when you go to certain countries, they have, you have certain stereotypes. Like I said in the beginning, the Austrians can yodel and we, we wear everyday dindle and, and, and the, the leather trousers, the typical men thing. Yes, I wear dindle, but not all the time. And no, I cannot yodel. And, and we, we don't have uh, kangaroos and koalas. That's the Australian. <laughs> because there were sentences, I'm serious, there were sentences in America we had to say, no, no, we are the Austrians, we are the, the country of the, of, uh, of the sound of music and things. But we, that, that makes something. We, we, we build up a world where we, we believe we are right. And then most of the time we are shocked when we are going through a country where when you see there, there is some kind of person, he's coming from this country, he has to be like this, this, and this, and this is he's different. Maybe yeah. he's a human. I, I believe I, I, that for, for, I fully believe in the idea of what you're sharing currently that the best thing that you can do for yourself if you never traveled abroad, do it. Just one new country can shift your worldview. Totally. Totally. And uh, as you said, you love traveling. I love traveling as well. And I believe that this passion for every single person, uh, I know for sure, I wouldn't be the person I am if... Uh, At the age of eight, my mother didn't decide to go to England for four years. I know that. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. I stayed here in Estonia throughout the whole time of my school, I would be a totally different person. But for that period of time where from eight till 12, I, would, I entered a multicultural uh, country, totally mm -hmm. changed my worldviews, just mm -hmm. broke them. And... Uh, just the idea of traveling and going to a new country and especially not just going to the tourist places, but connecting with the locals, go mm -hmm. to something like couch surfing, find locals, go to their place, join them, go out with them and just enjoy their culture through their eyes mm -hmm. and uh, uh, just compare and feel the culture from within, from their, from their eyes And you would be amazed how your world perception and worldviews will open up and how much creativity and ideas and energy that will give your life. Mm -hmm. That's 100%. And it's so, I, I had the best encounters uh, and talks on the street, on places where normally a tourist don't go. And I'm totally happy that even my ex-boyfriend was that open that we, that we, check places <laughs> on different, which, which was not normal. And I still remember when I was in Sri Lanka, this was my first so-called uh, three world country. And there people were so nice. I had so beautiful talks. I was so amazed because it was one year after the tsunami and you mm. st still 
still saw all the broken stuff and what happened and where, where the money went. And, and uh, this, this was amazing. They were so hot open. And I don't know if it's because I, I was traveling alone because I'm a woman. I never had any problems with traveling alone or being a woman. Most of the time, the people took care of me because most in every single country, the first words I learned in the language was thank you and please. Mm, and that's, that's, a, not, that's a good advice, actually. Yeah. For me, it's being polite mm. um, and having respect for the culture, for the beings and seeing human beings, not seeing, I have no idea what other people think, but I'm seeing a human being on eye level and every single person. And I still remember, and I also did practica there um, for my master studies. Um, I was at homeless places and I talked with those people in a normal way. I mean, they, 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 they have stories which is not in our head, which has never happened, thank God. But they are still human beings with dreams, with hopes, and also just want to have a nice life. Mm. Man, this is one powerful conversation we are having today. <laughs> oh, that, that's... Um... That, that's a deep idea there. Um, and I would actually try, I will try to direct our conversation a little bit uh, towards uh, dreams mm -hmm. and towards um, the idea of the importance of vision. As you said, for any corporation, if you want to build a corporation, a big company, you need to start with the why, the vision and the mission. So um, for your life in general, after everything that's happened to you, as you said, you've, you've had your near-death experiences, do you, how far ahead do you plan life and do you have an ideal life scenario? I learned the normal way. You know the plan, one-year plan, three-year plan, five-year plan, 10-year plan. I think... At the beginning of 2020, we all had plans. And someone out there cracked up and said, no way. And COVID-19 came. And I said it so many times. 2020 was shaking, not stirred. It was shaking big time. Bringing us to core topics. Bringing us to core values. Back to the roots. And begin you. And I had this, this, this thinking when I had my third burnout, I, I was highly suicide and well, I'm serious. I nearly died three to four times, but sometimes I just needed sometimes a little bit more signs because one is not enough. And the car accident was so weird. And the only thing what, what, what I felt myself, lady, you're not going this way, you're going this way. And truly live your inner guidance because for me a vision is a heart vision not a not a brain vision mm. the big why is something this burns inside you 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 cannot think anything else anymore and you don't question it you just do it mm. and when that's why i for 
20 years, I support people with big vision where I feel they can't do it in a different way than going this way. And not talking about being fanatic, but having such an inner guidance that they know they have to do this because this is for something greater. Mm. And there is one sentence. It's like, if you want to wanna amuse God, tell him your plans. And I had this so many times because for me, it was so clear that I was, um, that I was stay in my real estate company uh, 11, 11 years ago. It's already for me, it was so clear. I'm, I will retire there. Someone out there thought a little bit different. And this last 10 years, this was not a normal journey. This was a heart-driven journey. Most of the time, my head said, no, 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 no. You, 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 you want to go back. No. Someone said, no, you are not doing that. <laughs> and as more as I see that I can support others with what I created, I begin slightly to understand, and we're talking about understanding from the 5 to 10% of the iceberg model of Sigmund Freud, that something out there, and we're talking about the 90 to 95% of Sigmund Freud of the subconscious thinks. So the subconscious knows it way much better that a direction is for you way much better. And I had so many encounters, which was like, out of, out of my dreams, out of my whatever, because I had so much uh, possibilities to meet truly gifted people and also university people and all the things that I was allowed to interview to my PhD that I was never thought about 10 or 20 years ago that, that I'm allowed to meet them. And I always said this was the beginning. And the best part was uh, last year in London when I was sitting there nominated uh, at the NLP conference from, for the research award, the guy over there won because he did it already for more than 10 years. I said, I will be there at this stage one day because of my work, because of my life, because I see what I am capable of. And I recommend every single person out there, even when you don't want to become an entrepreneur, go for your dreams. We have one life here. We never know when it's ended, but there's one thing what you can say at the end of your life, you did it your way, you lived your dreams. I'm pretty sure you can be a role model for everybody else going your way. And every single person who said to me, this is just bullshit what you're doing. They are either not in my, my environment anymore or they changed and going and chasing their own dreams. We can be a lighthouse, a role model, only because we are sticking to what, we, what feels good for us. And there is one thing, um, because it's a classic for business. They say you have to surround yourself with the best five people, and then you mm -hmm. become like this. And I'm like, no, I don't want to give up my friends. They're the big kick-ass angels I've had. They're going in a totally different direction. Every time when I tell them what I want to do, they say, this is bullshit. I still love them. They're my biggest fans, by the way. The first one who wants to have like a signature because they always say, when you get one day famous, I can sell it and then I get rich. And I'm like, yes, okay. <laughs> but for me, 
it was never a reason to be with people what they don't feel good because uh, my network is based on heart level, not on money level. Very beautiful. Very and beautiful. I love this idea. Sorry for, for breaking in here. Yes, I believe no that this is super important for everyone to fix fixate in their minds currently. It's not about the level of income of your surrounding. It's about the heartfelt relationship with those yes. people. And it's no matter how wealthy the people will be, if you're not heartily aligned with those people, you'll be miserable, right? I have friends who are multimillionaires. And I see them on eye level. When you see a person on eye level, And that's maybe because I work with so many CEOs. They are only humans too. They only work a little bit different. They only think a little bit different. And they only want to surround it maybe a little different people. And I had so many times already being totally famous internationally. I never did it because I said to myself, when I'm going this way with these conditions, I can't look myself anymore in the, in the mirror. Money is not everything. And most of the time, those people are alone, dying alone, and having no friends at all. And I'm talking about friends where I can call up at four o'clock in the morning and just telling them that I'm whatever happens. And I'm, this is something, yes, it cost me maybe money. It cost me maybe a career, whatever career means. But, and that's something I, I, I don't know if it's true or not, but that's, uh, I'm still alive. Because otherwise, I'm not quite sure anymore. Because with that moral or with that conditions, that I wouldn't be alive uh, mm -hmm. anymore or not. Got you. From your perspective, um, how can we balance the idea? As you said, um, uh, this famous quote, if you want to make the God laugh, tell him, tell him your plans. But in business, we do have to have long-term plans yes. to understand where we're heading. How do we yes. balance that? Be agile. Once again? I have, be agile. I have plans. I know where to go because I have my big wine and everything else. The way how to go, uh, go to this goal or to this aim or to this vision or this big why is still up to us. Mm. And staying agile staying flexible, oh, agile, adaptive, agile, 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 sorry, mm -hmm. agile, mm -hmm. being adaptive, uh, being flexible and, and just being like the water will always find his way. Beautiful. But I never, never, ever lose my vision. Mm. And my big one. That's why I always said on the beginning, when you uh, create your business from top down, You will always find solutions. Super. That's a great advice. So we, we, have, we have the vision as the driver where we're going. We never lose sight of it. And we go along the, what comes around in, in the front of us. Because as they say, we, there are so many ways to go around the mountain. You can go through the mountain. You can go over the mountain. You can go around the mountain. There are so many ways. So we always uh, be flexible, be agile, and you will always find a way towards your goal. Beautiful. And being also uh, flexible in your head mm -hmm. and in your heart.
because I met so many people who were out of normal thinking and were, were called crazy. I even had CEOs where other people say, don't go to this guy because he's crazy. Most of the time I say, that's why I'm going there because I'm pretty sure I can learn from this person. And it was always true, always. And this is something when you stay open, not believing that your own world is the only real world because I read it somewhere and because this guy was successful and whatever, go your own path. And the other ones, and maybe it's a reflection thing, I don't know, because I'm a reflected human design. The other ones are inspirations. You make the decision. If this inspiration is totally true for you, good for your world and your business or not, or maybe an inspiring impulse that you create something different and more and just in a different way. Mm -hmm. Very great. Let's talk about being productive in, in a way where we have the goal we're striving towards in business. How do we stay productive day to day? How do you plan your week? And mm -hmm. what, what tools or systems you use to be productive? Mm -hmm. There is one really bad matter, as a manner of mine is, is I'm, I, I plan like hell. And most of the time, uh, it's good. And I have different time management tools. And for me, there is one thing. Uh, this is from Ernest Shackleton. And the, the method called 20 miles per day. Um, another book recommendation is the biography of Ernest Shackleton. This is just brilliant. He was next to Amnus and the one with, I think it was North Pole, um, to go there. And all of his members survived. And there again, a solopreneur, you can be faster when you're going along. It makes way much more fun when you go together. And if you're a true leader, you have a team and you have to take care of your team. Till especially the, the so-called black sheep, that everybody, uh, you only can be as fast as your slowest person. And this is something uh, I learned the most. And I do every, every single day, even today, even on Sylvester, even on other holidays, something for my business, 20 miles per day. And I was in such a bad condition, one uh, on body level and with my health, that I still went on. And this was my biggest motivation to be today in the, one of the best shapes. Okay, with all the cookies, I'm not quite sure anymore, but at the moment, most of the, the best, my blood, everything is okay because uh, two, uh, twice a year I go to the doctor and check everything on body level. Um, and this is something I know, yes, it might be weird for others, but my health, my condition, and also everything on uh, getting my dreams into action show me different. And 20 miles per day was one of the best. Yes, I plan a lot. I do the 80-20. There are different time management. You can read it in every single book. And then I found myself, and I call it time stretching. Mm. Albert Einstein said, time is relative. And this is true. You can consciously do time stretching. Subconscious, we know. When we have a person around you don't like, the time is like, oh, God. And it doesn't go. 
and it doesn't go. When you have, when you have a person around you love, the time flies. The brain, and now we are hardcore science, by the way. The brain has no time and space. We decided. And you can do time stretching and you get a lot of stuff done on one day when you be focused, when you know, and when you do time stretching. 20 miles per day. So that's, that, one that's of many in, in the book, the, the time stretching technique is described better, right? Mm, I'm not quite sure because I, I, I heard it. I heard it in one of my workshops. So I tried it right away and did it my time. But in NLP, there is a, a method called timeline. Mm -hmm. And there are, uh, oh God, what's his name? I don't know his name. I have to look up. And I, as usually when I get some kind of method, I just develop it further on to practice. And um, there you, you truly can see what time means for you. And I created, I call it a, a time out time space zone. When I, when I feel I have to, some call it meditation. I just go into myself and I do, I always say, I do time stretching now and the time stands. And then I, I just do a couple of things with meditation to get my energy back. And then I'm going on again. Most of the time, it's, it's less than, than a minute. Or when I do my, my power nappings, you, you, your body, your mind is, is a miracle. I don't, need, I, I don't need any clock or something. When I say, I want to have a timeout now for 20 minutes, I go into meditation. In 20 minutes, I just woke up automatically. And yes, it's learning. It's training, training, training. But when you get it, how, how, how beautiful. beautiful your body and mind works, you want to do more. That's, that's one important thing that you mentioned just now. And I want everyone to understand this because we miss this every time. We hear a powerful technique. We hear a powerful idea. We hear a powerful tool or a system or whatnot. We try it. We don't get the results that people tell about. And then we're like, ah, it doesn't work. But we forget that for those who share those ideas, they practice them possibly for years and years. And in many cases, weekly or even daily. And people who share those ideas, they do constant practice. And that is why it is working. And at the beginning for them, it probably didn't work as well as it does now. And we have to understand that we need to allow ourselves time for our body to adapt to a new method, to a new technique, to a new system, and then we will be able to master it only through time and practice. No science says 21 day. Yes, you can be faster when you're trained. But it's training, training, practice, practice, practice. practice. One thing that they tell about uh, neuroscience does say that new habit forms in 21 days. Mm. Additional science says that uh, we actually need even more. We need 40 days of constant practice for it not only to become a new network, but also to be really powerful, hardwired. And 40 days of constant practice lead, like, uh, leads to real powerful results that we don't get with only 21 days. Because many, many, mm -hmm. actually one, one idea I wanted to share is that many practice for 21 days and think that's enough and they stop doing it. And that's, that's one thing that we forget that it's not just about the building the habit, but it's also, it's the habit 
is a lifestyle. So for that's that's one thing that I wanted to also just came. I remembered I want to want you to develop that further as well. Uh, the idea that a habit is a lifestyle, and that if we are training ourselves to do something new, that we want it to become a habit, we have to constantly accept that this will be part of our lifestyle forever, for the lifetime. Otherwise, the habits won't work can you give some more insights on that it's like it would be the same when you say i do toothbrush for 21 days and then i stop it hello this is this is yes we we call we we truly talk about train 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 practice because you will find your way and then you you put it in your daily routine and then then it should be there and i change i can tell you 20 years ago or actually 10 years ago i was totally different And and I I actually did it out of the need, but I saw what it means. And I I had days I was so productive and effective that I had even to go go back again because it was way too much for my environment. I'm normally way much more protective and and, and let's go, let's go, let's go. But I'm I'm just too fast for the people out there. And no, yes, I have a work life balance, but for me it's just. As I said, time and space, it's just relative. What you do with 24 hours, seven is, is up to you. Mm. And, and for me, I, for example, my CV looks like from a 60-year-old one, even now a little bit more. But uh, this is, this is and a lot of people, are, uh, it's just I'm, I'm too much for those people. Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah, I understand you. But there are so many other people out there like Ellen Musk and Co., who, who do way much more and they understand me. Yeah, it's like they say, you know, we all have 24 hours. It's what we make of them is what counts. Exactly. And exactly. Uh, I had in, in the last interview with Ray, he also shared an idea, like when you are with people in the same uh, level of, uh, of business, of activity, of position that you are, you talk the same language. If you go into a room when you are a six-figure business owner to a nine-figure business owner, you won't understand them because it's two different worlds. And the more you level up, the more you develop, uh, and the more you uh, develop your mind and mentality and through practice, as you said, the, the more people will find us in our current surrounding, they will find us weird and uh, too fast and uh, crazy or whatnot because they just don't understand how it is possible to be in that productive zone or do as much or think as wide or uh, no and so on yeah but there's one thing i want to say you i'll tell you i'm i'm very conscious in an environment who don't understand me to stay grounded I do a lot of, uh, like in COVID times, I did a student job. This is something I will always do from day to day basis, only to, to know what actually are the biggest needs of the population. And I see it very clear with our politics. And I even said to them, just do the job what I did to understand what you actually decide based on a very small world not understanding your own people. And this is something which is very profound for me, for my 
uh, personal development to stay good in what I'm doing. What does That's that mean I, for you? Th th this is something I saw it when I did uh, 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 the practice for my master's studies and working with homeless people, what living actually means, also the terminal care. No, I don't get paid for it. So that's what I always mean with it shouldn't be based on totally money. Yes, of course, when you do, you want to have your profit and all the things. But going and this, this, this is what I mean with disrupt everything. Disrupt even your own daily routine to get a different point on living, different point on business, getting new inspiration on business products and business uh, service and all the things. Because you disrupt your, yourself and your thinking and your daily habit to get uh, to beyond what do you believe is real, what do you believe is, is, is this, is the, the world. And um, seeing what happens when people decide being on a totally high level and decide for people they never met, they never understood their true, their, their, their true uh, needs, this is for me the, the most dangerous situation what we have, and we have it worldwide. Mm -hmm. And I saw it in, for so many years in so many different projects, and I was most of the time speechless. How can you not include the target group what you are doing a project and not asking them what they actually need and decide something above them what you don't understand? No, that's a that's a good point that you mentioned there. Uh, let's uh, let's look at the perspective of what should a business do on a monthly, on a weekly, and a daily basis to grow the business in the right way. So that uh, maybe from your experience in the companies that you help to develop, what are the monthly, weekly, and daily activities to grow the business? On daily basis. Being your business and working on your business. So that, that means that I, this is a, a, I created a method uh, based on the thinking of Virginia Satir, having different roles. Be on the role that you are outside of your business, working on your strategy, working, seeing the needs of your target groups, and being also in your business is another, um, another hat. And, and just get what you perceived outside into action. What can I create? What actually my target group uh, my target group needs? And is there maybe another target group out there who is might be similar or can benefit on the on the service and on the products what I created for this group? And we we had it with um with one online course and one book what we are creating for next year, and we found out that that what we are creating can be so supportive for other target groups that we only do one or two models of the online course change because of a different target group. And we know that we can support them. Mm. And there is one thing, and most of the time you fear it, look at your fears, your biggest fears, look at them, go to this target group of these fears, go there because there's a learning for you where you can create another business, another business, uh, another product or another service out for them because you overcame your fear for this target group. 
Can you give an example from maybe your own experience where you've done that? There, um, when I did my NLP for education, they asked us with which people do you don't want to work. And back then I had at least five or six different ones because I was, I have no idea anymore, but it was like, no way. I don't want to have them as clients or work with them together. When I look closer at it, I saw that there are uh, uh, hidden beliefs behind it and went right, right through this target group in there. One, for example, is autism and, and Asperger's. And one day those people came to me because they are acting so different, they are believing in so different or they perceive in such different ways that I had fear against them. I still remember when I was in a bakery a little bit smaller, uh, he, he was, I think, two meters and he had, uh, was autistic. And he came to me and, and the, the person who was with him, it was, don't be too scared or so because it just acts in a different way. And when you never learned it or never experienced before, it might be fearful. And I just learned it because one day a lot of different Asperger's came to me and autistic people to understand them better, to help them, to find methods also for their surrounding to, to support them in a different way because they speak just a different language. Also with abuse, um, people who got abused, when you never experience with a certain groups or with narcissistic people, it seems like it's a huge topic at the moment out there, when you never experience what, it, what that means, that they act in a different way, that they think different, they have different beliefs, they, they are very emotional, get cranky and all the things, when you don't know what's all about and believing that it has something to do with you, it can be very abusive. When you understand the group, when you understand all the other ones, you can create out of yourself a whole business. Mm. Learn your fears. And the word fear is the ear because the fear is between there. Write them down. Maybe you can connect it with a certain target group and go right to the target group, find out what their truly needs are and create your business. Very interesting perspective. Let's look at the idea when we are doing the business and running the business, and especially for solopreneurs out there, we all need support. And mm -hmm. what kind of advice can you give? As you said, you have a big experience in putting together teams. What advice mm -hmm. can you give about outsourcing in the first place? Not about hiring, but outsourcing tasks. What kind of advice can you give? Mm -hmm. I, I have mentors on my own. And one mentor is Clinton Swain. And he said one sentence. Hire slowly and fire fast. That's something what I learned because for more than 10 years, I want to create my team, a solid team. They got coaching for me and everything else that defined their, their purpose and, and potential and all the things. And most of them, I got to a certain level and then it was then stopped. And I was like, what's going on here? I learned one thing the most. Check first which kind of service you don't like and want to outsource. And which value should have this person to bring with that they also Their personal can, values, right? 
the personal value and also that you know your own values because they should be aligned. When they don't have the same values, most of the time it doesn't work. Because um, gifts or that the task, certain tasks, you can train them. Having values, it's not so easy to train them. And that's why I always say, check your values, VSP, value selling point, that you know your big why. When you have a team who has the same big whys, it works. Mm. And there are certain tasks. Uh, I love to work with virtual assistants because it doesn't, when I have, I'm, I know personally it's always better and all the things, but sometimes like with me, I have most of them in Germany and in other countries uh, because it, it just, it just fits. And the rest should be on heart level. And there is one thing, I'm, I can't do it anymore because I don't drink, but that's how I grew up. When you can get drunk with this, with this person, you still like them, then it should be in your team. I'm, I'm sorry, but it always worked. I grew up, I grew, grew up uh, with men. I was most of the time in companies where men was most of the time there, but they, they, they never saw me as, uh, as enemy or however you want to see it. But we, were, we got drunk. And when you, when you are still not fighting with this person and having a good conversation, when you're drunk and you still like, and you, and most, I, I really, I have funny people around me. <laughs> um, then you know that you can work with this person too. I'm lacking as I'm not drunk, I'm not drinking anymore. So I, I found different solutions. It takes a little bit longer. I, I have to admit that, <laughs> but it's still working. And most of the time is, they become friends on heart level and they know that I'm there for them 24 hours seven. So when they have something, some kind of uh, topic on four o'clock in the morning, mm -hmm. I'm there. But I know that they are there for me when I need something on, on, on business level. And this is, that, that makes fun. When I don't mm. have fun with this person on private, I, I won't have fun with them on business either. So uh, you're, that's that's closer to hiring, right? To having a team and building a team. Mm -hmm. So one of the principles about the team is understanding your own values, uh, mm -hmm. understanding that the values of the person who you want to hire, is it aligned with your values? Can you give any tips on in terms of how can you find it out? Like, do you have a written out list of values mm -hmm. or how through a conversation okay. can you find out the values mm -hmm. of the new hire? Mm -hmm. What do you do? What's your process? I have personal values, personal uh, vision, mission and aims and per company. The values, what you see behind here are the values of my company, Lean Health for Business. And those values are based on me and Sasha because we are the founders. And like the person what I work with, I know it with one talk. You know, small talk. Small talk is always good. And the question I ask, I, I know that I get my information what I need. And most of the time, I just support them. That's what I did, for example. Um, a lot of uh, people wanted to become a virtual assistant in the in times of crisis. So I made out of fun a mentoring group. And out of 10 people, one person stayed. Most of the time, I checked the CV. And yes, I'm good in that. 
And then uh, they did, we, we just worked together. I see how passionate are they and how much they are willing to give and how much they're willing to learn. And there was one person and she has a, a, she's a mother. She's at the moment, she's, she's pregnant. She becomes a third baby and she has more drive than us, some, some kind of young teenies out there and women. And I, I'm blown away because she has the drive I love. And I don't want to know what she's doing when she's giving birth and I write her uh, something on Facebook if she's writing back while she's giving birth. I don't want to know. <laughs> but she she has a drive where you know she can survive whatever happens. And this is something either you, you, you give up and just be and just, you know, or you truly want to do something. And this truly want to do something, it's, this is an inner drive. And I'm, I'm, I'm a high sensitive person. I'm an intuitive person. I just feel it. Either they have the inner, inner drive or not. Mm -hmm. Yes, you can rebuild it. It's the same with charisma. But some, most of the time, they just have it. Mm -hmm. you, you, you see a person and they, whatever it is, you, 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 can, you, can, you, can call, you can name it. You cannot name it. But you feel there's something different. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I had so many encounters already, and, and this is something I just experienced. I have no idea. I just feel it. Got you. Uh, what about uh, the idea? What kind of task, like hiring a virtual assistant? What kind mm -hmm. of responsibilities do you give to them, and mm -hmm. uh, what can you entrust? And maybe even if you can share a system of. How do you make sure that you can trust a virtual assistant that you never met before? Mm -hmm. um, I check their CV. I check their CV, then I, I just talk with them and learning by doing. I, my first thing is always, doesn't matter who I meet, I always uh, meet them on heart level, mm -hmm. on eye level, and also trust them 1000%. Till they show me the, till they show me the opposite. Mm -hmm. When they show me the opposite, they lost. Mm -hmm. And uh, either is it an attitude of the Leo? I have no idea. But this is something um, I always want to give every single person the same chance. It doesn't matter which race, it doesn't matter, or which sex, it doesn't matter at all, because we are humans. Uh, do you sign with them like an NDA, or what is your process of entrusting them to your team? <laughs> At the, at the beginning, no. And yes, uh, a lot of people stole my stuff. They're not, mm -hmm. they're not in my environment anymore. Mm -hmm. But if I cannot trust them without giving any contract before, then I never trust. No. So basically, you're, you're the person, like, I know there are two types of person. People will say you have to earn your trust and people mm -hmm. who you have it and you can only lose it. So yes. you're the person who you have the 100% trust up front and you can only lose it. And if you yes. lose it, you're you lost. You're lost, yeah. And I, I kicked a lot of people out of my life already because my time is, it's very worth, I have 24 hours seven and I know what, I know my big why. Mm. And I can tell you, I even kicked out clients. If they don't do their homework, I cannot work with them. They don't have the drive. Sorry, they should go to another coach. They should pay them. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. I want to have people who truly want to change. 
because I value their time and I want that they, that they value my time too. And if they trust me, they get results. Mm -hmm. Different. Super. Super. Well, in the, uh, in the cycle of promoting your services and engaging into marketing and sales, what do you believe is the most important step uh, of the buyer's journey? And what can an entrepreneur do to maximize the conversion in that step? I'm not quite sure if I'm the right person because most of the time the people are coming through others to me or are they coming to a coach and I'm doing between sessions because the coach don't come further on. Most of the time they, I, I just open, I do something and then they can go back to the other one. And for me, it's always stay at your heart, become visible. We are more than ever worldwide willing of cooperation. I never saw so much open people for cooperation than since 2020. And also become visible. With their networks out there, I can tell you, it's just amazing. It's amazing. And I'm a network person. Can you, give, can you give an example of what kind of, where people should look at to find those networks? It always depends on your target group. Mm. Always depends on your aim. And for me, it's like I could, I could work 24 hours seven. Um, and I, I would kiss you way too much, even when I'm in lockdown, because I didn't have much time to travel. So I worked way much more. And you can do more. It always depends what's, what is your big aim. What is, where do you want to go? And there we are again with the aims. Mm -hmm. Do your one, one, three, five, ten years stuff as we learned in school, as we learned in business. And then you go on. And most of the time, either you stop yourself, not others. And for me, it's truly time. I could clone myself three times and then, yes, could be way much more. But this year, my father had a stroke. And my, my mom was uh, COVID. It, it, was, uh, it was way too much. And I had to step back. Stepping back is something I hate. But I did very conscious because family is always first. And I always say I survive for a reason. And so I do it my way. If I believe I have to uh, step back from a family, I do. If I believe I'm not stepping back and just go on, I do too. And um, there's one thing what I learned the most, the terminal care. Family you have once, friends you have once, business that you can do all the time. Mm, that's that's a powerful idea. Hmm. But we learn most of the time we have to do career. We have to have whatever it's important for others status. But if the people are empty inside, a big car, a big house, a lot of money on your account is worth nothing. That's what I see the most out there. And it's sad to see and I hope the crisis wake up a lot of people seeing that what is most important out there, it's priceless. You can't pay. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Um, 
let's look at one more thing uh, before we touch uh, a little bit deeper on the surrounding um, about self-care rituals. Do you have any rituals for yourself that you follow? I had when I was in Vienna uh, because when I'm uh, with my family, I have the tempo of my family. <laughs> and, um, and I'm at the moment in the countryside and I don't have so much, um, so much different possibilities. I love sport. I love nature, being out in nature, riding, meditation. Uh, in Vienna, I had the deep pleasure to be in Hammam, in sauna and all the things, and float, floating. I love floating and traveling. And for me, self-care is whatever, whatever makes me happy and my inner child I do inner child healing and trainings and all the things. And I see more and more as more as I connect people with the inner child again, they blossom up. And every single week, I do at least once something with my inner child. And you, it's, maybe it looks stupid, but some people need the Disneyland to, to let out the inner child. I don't. I just be every time when I'm connected with my inner child, it doesn't depend on which age it is. I just do what, what feels good for me and I nurture myself through, through doing something with my inner child. Can you share and, a little bit more about what does it actually mean so that people understand it better to connect mm -hmm. with the inner child? Is it a technique or is it a state of being? What is it? It's remembering our um, childlike attitude because most of the time the inner child is hurt. We have, we have bad experience from childhood uh, and this does influence our grown-up life. I always say we are actually uh, hurt children in a, in a big body. Um, most of the time when I see people, they are truly just hurt. Um, and when you reconnect with, with your inner child and heal, yes, it's a method. When you heal whatever hurts you or got hurt uh, and heal the memor memories and all the things. And you begin to, to remember what you loved as a child because we got so serious because we are now grown up. We have to be serious. We have to do business career because we have to serious and whatever serious means people. We don't. We are not allowed to laugh anymore. We in whatever. It's it's. I mean, it's it's actually not funny. But um, when you begin to to reconnect with the inner child and nurture it through whatever is nurturing for you, for me, for example, in Wien there is the Prata, hmm? is the um, amusement park. It's mm -hmm. called Prata, and there is there there is um, I think it's at least 30 meters high, you're going up and then you're going like a circle round, round up. I don't know what's the English word, but circling. And you have the best view of Vienna. And I hate to be such high, but the view is perfect. And I, I feel the inner child is totally nurtured. And then I'm going ice. I had a time when I nurture my inner child. I go every single day for ice cream, vegan ice cream, because we have a wonderful one in Vienna. And I'm not you know, I'm in a child. I'm not eating one scoop. I'm eating at least four to five scoops. And I run around in Vienna. I was smiling like this. I was like a child. It was so good. 
I didn't have any problems with my stomach because I'm, I, I can't eat any gluten or uh, milk stuff. And this was vegan. And I was so happy. I was so productive afterwards. I was so inspired in all the things. And as more as, and I see it even with my clients, as more as you nurture your inner child with whatever makes you happy, you're more productive, your business runs more, you attract people because you are happy from inside out. And a lot of people, I have people, why are you so happy? And I'm like, I'm just happy. I have my ice cream. I, I nurtured my inner child. I did stuff. I didn't have so much time as child because I had to work so much. And when I was studying, I had more uh, time out. So I did a lot of stuff what people actually did do in their teens. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I had, to, I, had, I had to work in my teenage. So I did a lot of stuff later on with 30. And yes, it was weird. Yes, it was not grown up stuff, but it was so nurturing. And, and this is something, ask for yourself, write it down. What's nurturing you? What's nurturing your inner child? What do you want to do as child? And didn't have the money before, by the way. We are now grown up. And the best part is in Austria, you get, you get again stuff. So they, they, what, what you could buy as child. And this is the totally renner. This is the totally bestseller because there are so many people in my age and they just remember the good, the good stuff. Don't ask me if it's, if it's uh, healthy stuff. No, it's not healthy stuff, but it's just like, it's good remember, memories. Got you. And- <laughs> Nurture that, that, yourself. That's, that, that's a wonderful uh, thing for everyone to remember that we, we all come from childhood and mm. we are all still the same child inside as we were back then. And we have to connect with it. And by connecting with it, we open up the flow of energy of <laughs> life in us. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> I totally love this idea. And the love... interesting part is you, you attract the right people. Yes. And it's all about energy. When you're happy, you attract the right people and, and your business is way much more flowing. Yes. And I would love to wrap up on this idea and ask you, what advice would you give to listeners that they can do right now to make the most out of 2021 in their business? And I would add in life as well. Make vision boards. Hmm. I even make this year vision board for my mom. Um, and write down even the most craziest stuff. What you always wanted to do. And you, uh, when you don't know what vision board is, this is just make paper. Normally my, my stuff is at least one meter vision board. And put their pictures on it, write their words, write their whatever you want, even emotions or draw or whatever, and take it as bucket list, write it down and do. And for me, I always say, okay, till when do you want to do it? Just write and also like deadlines there and all things. And when I did it, when I begin with vision boards, I, I was really, I was like a child. I wrote stuff down there. This was so crazy. And in my head, I always want to have a, a script of my life and that it becomes a Hollywood movie. Back then, I wrote it down. This was the first stuff what came to me. I had so much fun writing down. I was like, uh, doesn't matter at all. Just write it down. I got in a very short time um, a PC program 
how to, 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 have, to write scripts for Hollywood movies. Today, I have contacts to, to different producers. <laughs> I have contacts to, to actors and all the things. Um, two years ago, someone said to me in London, I have to film my, my move, my, my, my life because it, it's so weird, it, it's totally blockbuster. And I just said it back then out of fun. Make a vision board, write it down, make bucket list and write for yourself down. When do you wanna just, uh, just do it with your inner child, with whomever or a friend of yourself. Don't say, oh, I will do it one day. No, 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 no. None of us has no idea how long we live. I think that's the best part. Just do it. Just do it. Have fun with it. Enjoy it. Be grateful that you are healthy and can do it. Also in business, write down the craziest stuff you, you, never, you never thought or say yourself, I'm not gifted with. Just do it. For myself, a lot of people told me that I'm not gifted uh, for designing. I designed more than 30 dresses bags, uh, how, houses, um, I design houses, uh, furniture, jewelry, everything. Next year, because I found now a designer, we create our own uh, bra because uh, I need a business bra, which, is, which just fits for my stuff and my lifestyle. Okay, just do it. Wonderful. Am I gifted? I have no idea. It always depends how you define gifted. If another person tells you that, bless the person. Because it seems like that they don't see their own gifts. You, that's not your reality. Just do it. If you fail miserable, do it. Just do it. Make the experience because at the end of the life, and I did terminal care and that you can read it in a lot of books. People never regret that they failed. They never regret that they fucked up. They regret because they didn't do it. And I, my deepest belief is 2021 is the year of actions, of total action, of meeting each other on eye level, digital and personal. And I had podcast interviews of people in Taiwan in, in, in totally different. I, I think it, I was never closer than this year internationally. And I'm, I'm so grateful for it because there are so many gifted people out there and when, don't, when you don't stand up for yourself, for your dreams, the others don't know that you have this dream and can nurture you. Oh, that's, that's a beautiful you. idea. Definitely. When, when you don't voice your dreams, there's no one who can even support you because no one knows about it. Exactly. Beautiful. And a lot of people I met, I said to them, let's do something together. Whatever that means, I build a, up a team that I can bring out books in different languages very fast. The last book is, is a freebie I get with 13 languages. I said to them, I have way much more books. I think it's just funny to have a book in Arabian, in Russia. I got today a book in Hindi. I have no idea what, if the words are right or not, but it's just fun having. In Mandarin and Japanese. And most of the languages I can't read, but maybe I can inspire someone else with something what I created that they say, now it's time that I live my dream story. Beautiful. Bernadette, thank you for sharing your story. 
Thank you for sharing your experience. I believe that every single listener who stayed with us through this journey, through this conversation, got so much out of your experience and everything that you shared. I wish you a happy holiday, a prosperous 2021, loads of help for you and your family for your exciting journey. And uh, I thank everyone who stayed with us through this journey. And I wish everyone a happy Christmas, a blissful 2021. And uh, for everyone who is excited to know more about Bernadette, I'll provide all the information about how to find her and her businesses in the description. And uh, I believe that uh, every single person who has their inner calling right now, that they feel that they, they can get something started, moving, done, or created by contacting Bernadette, just do it, as she said. Just do it. <laughs> Thank you, Bernadette, for your time. It was Thank a wonderful, much. wonderful episode. Thank you.